0: For the first time, the Nazi propaganda machine is on the defensive. They begin to apologize to their own people for the repulse of their vast forces at Stalingrad and for the enormous casualties they are suffering. They are compelled to beg their overworked people to rally their weakened production. They even publicly admit for the first time that Germany can be fed only at the cost of stealing food from the rest of Europe. They are proclaiming that a second front is impossible, but at the same time, they are desperately rushing troops in all directions and springing barbed wire all the way from the coasts of Finland and Norway to the islands of the eastern Mediterranean. And meanwhile, they are driven to increase the fury of their atrocities. The United Nations have decided to establish the identity of those Nazi leaders who are responsible for the innumerable acts of savagery. As each of these criminal deeds is committed, it is being carefully investigated, and the evidence is being relentlessly piled up for the future purposes of justice. We have made it entirely clear that the United Nations seek no mass reprisals against the populations of Germany or Italy or Japan, but the ringleaders and their brutal henchmen must be named and apprehended and tried in accordance with the judicial processes of criminal law. There are now millions of Americans in army camps, in naval stations, in factories, and in shipyards. Who are these millions upon whom the life of our country depends? What are they thinking? What are their doubts? What are their hopes? And how is the work progressing? The Commander-in-Chief cannot learn all of the answers to these questions in Washington, and that is why I made the trip I did. It is very easy to say, as some have said, that when the president travels through the country, he should go with a blare of trumpets, with crowds on the sidewalks, with batteries of reporters and photographers, talking and posing with all of the politicians of the land. But having had some experience in this war and in the last war, I can tell you very simply that the kind of trip I took permitted me to concentrate on the work I had to do without expending time meeting all the demands of publicity. And I might add it was a particular pleasure to make a tour of the country without having to give a single thought to politics. I expect to make other trips for similar purposes and I shall make them in the same way. In the last war, I had seen great factories, but until I saw some of the new present-day plants, I had not thoroughly visualized our American war effort. Of course, I saw only a small portion of all our plants, but that portion was a good cross-section, and it was deeply impressive. The United States has been at war for only ten months and is engaged in the enormous task of multiplying its armed forces many times. We are by no means at full production level yet, (coughs) but I could not help asking myself on the trip, where would we be today if the government of the United States had not begun to build many of its factories for this huge increase more than two years ago, more than a year before war was forced upon us at Pearl Harbor. We have also had to face the problem of shipping. Ships in every part of the world continue to be sunk by enemy action, but the total tonnage of ships coming out of American, Canadian, and British shipyards day by day has increased so fast that we're getting ahead.